Morning, church. On this great June day, we're going to be focusing totally on the Lord's table today. We do this as a church. We celebrate it every week. And sometimes we can get lost in the fact, all right, this is what we do. Yes, this is what we do. But sometimes we don't even think about it and just do it. It's no more than me uh, getting up and having to go somewhere, and I've gone somewhere for a long time, and I just go, not even thinking about it. Unless, and there are times when I should have thought about it, because I'm not going there today, I'm going somewhere else, and yet, here I am. And so, I would like for you to think through and consider what we're going to do with the Lord's table. At the club, LA Fitness at the Landing, I've been there for 10 years now. And in that 10 years, I've been able to build some relationships. When I first went onto the basketball court, if there were 11 guys on the court, I'm number 11. And you can only play five on five. And so they said, well, you got next game. Well, sometimes those games last a long time, and I'm standing there thinking, I got to be doing something else. But over that 10 years, they got the understanding that I knew the game. I knew how to play the game. I just couldn't play the game. All right? I'm, I'm the slow, old, short guy out there. I'm the oldest guy out there, usually by at least 40 years. So I'm playing against these young bucks who can jump over me, go around me, go through me, whatever. But what has been nice is over, especially over the last few months, they've included me. So if there are 11 people on the court, I'm not number 11. They've included me. They accepted me. In fact, just before I went to Uganda, I was shocked. They're having captains, so a pickup team, and, and uh, the first thing this guy had first choice, he says, I want Bob. I said, you crazy? There are all these other people that I know are better than me that they should choose. But I felt honored. They included me. And now, if I get hit and I go to the floor, they all stop the game. Are you okay? (laughs) That is a good feeling. But how does it feel to be left out? Most of us, if not all of us, at some point in our lives have been left out. Left out of something. It may not be a pickup game of basketball. It could be something else. How does it feel? Especially if you're left out, what happens if it's happening in the family? And you're left out. Some of you have, been, has ha- have had this happen in your life. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. You know it, and I know it. So as we come to the Lord's table, this is what I want you to understand. 
The Lord's table is a family and it's a body event. It's a family and it's a body event. And when we come as the church, we're coming as a family. From diverse backgrounds, different kinds of thinking, different kinds of being raised up, maybe even differently politically. But we come together. And we come together with differences. The title of this sermon is Diversity United. In a world, in America, we see a diversity that's not united. There's a lot of tribalism going on. If I'm of this tribe, I'm good. If I'm of this, if you're on that tribe, I might not be talking to you. I remember when uh, my oldest daughter, Rachel, was getting married. And so the in-laws are supposed to meet, right? Well, to be frank, the in-laws were the age of my parents. So they were quite a bit older than me. And so really what happened on the meeting of the in-laws, I made sure that David's parents and my parents got together because they could talk. And but everything revolved around, what part of China are you from? And so our, our tribe comes from Toisan province. It's the first wave of Chinese that ever came into America. They are your first laundrymen, they are your workers on the railroad. That's the group of people that came over. So they're talking, and all of a sudden I hear, Kwan, that's not Toisan, that's Hoiping. What's the difference? Well, my folks says Toisan is superior to Hoiping. You're not part of our tribe. Oh my goodness. And yet, when I got married to my wife, neither her parents nor my parents wanted the marriage. They wanted no part of it. Why? My eyes slanted the wrong way. Why? Because her eyes didn't slant. Where does this come from? And then after we got married, I had a cousin marry an African-American. I had a cousin marry a Jew. I had a cousin who married a Frenchman. I had a cousin that married a Hispanic. I had a brother that married a Filipino. Oh, and by the way, in Asian culture, Filipino at the bottom. And so one day we were having some kind of celebration and all the family come together with all the cousins and all the their wives and husbands. My mom nudged me, comes up to me, looks around, see what you started. We had the United Nations, and I loved it. We were diverse. We were people that accepted other people, for the most part. 
So, when we come together, you may come from different, but the Lord's table is a family event. If you know Jesus Christ, you are part of that family. And if you know Jesus Christ, you become part of this body event. As we have looked at this passage, in verse 17 it says, Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. When we come together in our diversity, we come together with respect and love. Well, what's respect and love? It is reaching out and not looking down or judging another. No matter what they look like, no matter what is taking place in their lives, we don't know the whole story. But we should reach out in respect. So, in 1 Corinthians 11, 17-18, it says... There's factions. There's divisions. Now, put this in context a little bit. Why is Paul talking like this? It's because just before the communion, before the Lord's Supper, there was a, there was a gathering of the body and they would have what we would call a potluck. Before they shared on the Lord's table. But what was taking place, as you would look at the passage, is that when they got together, the divisions were by class. And so, consequently, what you see is people eating before others. So the rich people would come in, get their potluck stuff down, before the poor people could come in, and they would eat. And later in the passage, you will see that they have nothing. Some of us do that because we're just greedy people. You know, especially if you're a teenager, you could eat the house. And so you do not let teenagers go first. Because there's nothing left when you get there. So, this is supposed to be what we call a love feast. A sharing and an acknowledgement of one another, a real care for another. In fact, 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen to 20, we would see three times in this passage, they are to come together. They, they come together. The problem is, they weren't together. They occupy the same space. But they are divided into sections. It's segregation. Have you ever, in your church past, you go to church, and it's a fairly good-sized church. Where are the people sitting? You could see where they sit. And if somebody moved, what happened? I remember... I sat with the in crowd of the church that I was saved in. Where did we sit? 
we sat in the back. We let everybody else sit up front because we were too cool to sit up front. We get into a rut. You start to see sections. People sitting with people they like. People sitting together because of some kind of a relationship. We can come together and not be together. One of the churches that uh, I happen to have served in had this blue bus. And because we picked up people, there was a bus ministry, so we'd pick up people. And it says, the friendliest church in town. Yeah, we were friendly. We were friendly with each other. But we were not necessarily friendly with you if you were coming in new. Unless you have to stay for five years and then you're included. The friendliest church in town. There is no consideration for those who happen to be outside of us. Outside of our clique. And I want to say this. This can happen to us. It can happen to us in an instant. When Czechoslovakia, excuse me, when Yugoslavia fell under Tito, what happened? The nation fell apart. And people that had been living together side by side for a century, all of a sudden are enemies. Why? Because you're not part of us. I hate to put down my nationality, uh, my background, but we're called the golden people. Look at us. That's what we refer to ourselves as. And everybody else is referred to as a ghost of some kind. You are not people. You may walk around and we may see you, but you are not people. You are not part of us. And the superiority happens. A church can become a social club, a members club, a members only. When I was in Kampala just recently, the team is starting to come together. So a small group of us are there. Uh, arriving on Saturday and we're getting to meet each other and talk but there's only a handful of us I mean like six or seven eight people so on Saturday the team is becoming and it's coming so now the team becomes a little larger and then all of a sudden everybody's there and we have 54 people in this dining room at this hotel we take over the whole dining room and then I looked at a friend of mine whose husband didn't go but uh, you'd love her she's the wild child but we were sitting at breakfast because we happened to come early and then I'm looking around and seeing what's taking place and I said to her there's something wrong with this picture 
What was wrong with this picture? The Kenyans were eating with the Kenyans. The people from the UK were eating with the UK. The people from the Northwest were eating with the people from the Northwest. And I was the oddball because I was the only Asian. But I said, there's something wrong with this picture. And I got up and I moved in with the Kenyan table. And because I got up, others started moving around too. Even the Kenyans started to reach out. And so by the end, there was no, this table is for the Pacific Northwest, this table is for the Kenyan group. This big, you know, it didn't happen that way. That's what we want to see happen here. Something can be wrong with our picture. In verse 21, For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. First part of 22, Or do you despise the church of God? Actually, it's the second part of 22. Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Harambe. We are a church for all. Now, not everybody will want to come here, but we're going to say it's a church for all. Are we inviting people that are different? Are we engaging people that live across the street? Or are we like, we go home. I like to be this way often. We go home. We sit down, we turn on the television, and we veg out. And we don't even know our neighbors next door to us. I don't have a neighbor next door to us. I guess we chased them away. But they're starting to... But uh, uh, new neighbors are supposed to be moving in right across the hall from us. Our name means... Harambe. Our name means... Pushing together forward. Or pushing forward together. We do this not on an individual basis. We do this as a body. We're a diverse group that is to be united. We don't like that at times. We like everything neat and packaged. But we're not neat and packaged. None of us. None of us were. I like to fly fish. Maybe because I don't like to fly... Maybe because I fly fish, it's because I can release the fish because I don't like cleaning the fish. But every now and then I got to clean the fish because it swallows the fly too deep and it's not going to live. So I clean the fish and we eat the fish. How many of us would do that? Some of us are fishing addicts and we would do that all the time. But a lot of us, no fish guts. Oh, this one was a female. Has eggs. We don't want to scale. It's too messy. We would rather go to the grocery store where it's clean, packaged, and ready to give to us. 
And then we complain if it has a little bone in it, especially with salmon. We reach out and include as many as possible. My prayer was that this one guy that we've been developing, I've been developing a relationship with and we've gone out for coffee, he says, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, anything special? I said, I'm preaching this Sunday. Where are you preaching? I told him. He says, I've got to look this up. And then he looked up Harambe and he looked at the Yelp reviews. He said, you guys have five stars. And I said, well, it's because the staff is the only one that reviewed it. But come. And so he, I thought he might come. So, but we are to reach out. People who are different. People that might lead us out of our comfort zone. So come together with respect and love. And verses 11 to 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he, took, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took of the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Come together in remembrance. When we go to a funeral service, People are gathered to remember. Oh, that person might not have been that cool. That person might not have been that good. In fact, that person might have been bad. But what do we do? We try to come together and remember together. Even in the back of our minds, we know all of this is going on. We try to remember the good. There's a story about this boy in this town... His name is Johnny. He dies. He's a young kid. But he was not a good kid. He stole. He got into fights. He broke things. He went into rants. But he died. And so in the eulogy, which means to speak well of, People were trying to say, what, how can we, and this little lady stands up, well, Johnny was a good whistler, man, he could whistle, and the whole group that was there says, yes, and so something good was coming out of it, it's coming together in remembrance, not Forgetting the cost of our salvation. Jesus paid a high price. He left heaven and became like us. 
He didn't hold on to his throne. He didn't hold on to his position. But he lowered himself. Why? For you or me? Why? You are not worth it. I am not worth it. Why? It does not matter what we think. It's what he thinks. And you are worth it. He just didn't die. He suffered in great pain. The whipping, the carrying of his cross, the hanging on the cross, all agony. He did this. And so this is remembrance that looks back. It's mine and your past. Look back. What did Jesus save you out of? And some of you can look back and say, you know, I was raised in a great Christian home. Yeah, I have my little things. I really wasn't too bad. But you were bad enough that Christ had to die for you. For others of us, including me, I look back and I said, man, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be dead or in jail. He cost your path, my path. But he just didn't die. He just didn't die for our sins because if he died for our sins and then he didn't rise again, it doesn't matter. I died for your sins. But I really can't help you because I'm a dead man too. But he rose again. He rose from the dead with victory. Victory over death. Victory over sin. Victory that gives us hope. It's a promise. We remember him and we eat of it till he comes. And he's going to come. And some of us says, come Jesus, come. But he's going to come. Not only will we come together with respect and love and together in remembrance, we are to come together discerning. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So what is worthy and what is unworthy? In the Psalms, it says, who can ascend? To the Lord. He who has clean hearts, 
a clean hands, a pure heart. That's who can come. And you and me know, just this past, maybe even this past couple hours, we don't have a clean hand. We don't have a pure heart. We come with mixed motives. What's an unworthy? We are not to come to this table without thought. If we were to take an offering, and we do take an offering, it's just a different way. There's boxes in the back, and we can flash on the later that there's three ways to give, and thank you if you give. But I would tell you this. Don't give if you do not believe in Jesus Christ. Why? Because you can't buy your way into heaven. Don't come to the Lord's table thinking that it's going to save you. It's in remembrance of what He has done for us. Then I would tell you, don't give. If you have something against another brother, or you know a brother has something against you, says, leave your offering, go and make it right. That's what this says. Not only have we made peace with God, we're making peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ. The last thing I would say on giving is I would say, don't give. If you cannot wholeheartedly want to give. Oh, there are times when I gave and I said, man, I could use that extra whatever dollar bills that I'm throwing in. That's a bad reason to give. Because God loves a hilarious giver. And so when we come to the Lord's table, we're all in. We're all in. I don't know about you. There's a little survey that came out in the sports section with the five-game losing streak that the Mariners were suffering. At that point, it was three games because they got swept by the, the um, Yankees. Are you, got, are you in a panic or are you still on board? Are you ready to jump ship or are you ready to grind it through? I put, I'm not panicking. No. In fact, they're 15 games over 500. And I said, in the beginning of the season, if anybody said they were 15 games above 500, you would take it. But now that they are, where they were like 22 games above 500, and now they're 15, there's a panic. I've watched over the years the Seahawks were in it to win it. That's what this says. Because he's going to win. And I can trust that. I believe that. And I will act upon that. When you come to 
the table. You come and stand on holy ground. It's not just some afterthought. It isn't because I cut. Oh, I like, I like the bread and I like the juice or the wine and, it, man, it tastes so good. It's not that. In the Old Testament, when the priest had to go into the holy of holies to offer to the Lord, the high priest would go in, but. The high priest went in with something to be sure that he'll come out. Because if he was not right with the Lord, he, could, he would be struck dead. And so the other priest would tie a rope around them, around his waist. So if the Lord judged them, they at least could pull him out. We're on holy ground. So, But let a man examine himself. I don't know about you, but right now we're getting the um, Hallmark channel. All the sappy stuff. My wife loves it. So so when we're not at home now, and I know it's coming on, we tape it so she could see it later. So, of course, if she's watching it, we only have one TV, so I watch it too. But there's this one where this gal doesn't want to disappoint anybody. She's going to get married to somebody because she doesn't want to hurt the guy's feelings. She's not going to say no because she didn't want to upset her parents. And so they go into this uh, 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 conflict management therapy. And at the end, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes. But at the end... This guy who's fallen in love with this gal, and I think likewise, he says, and he stands in front of her, and she stands before a mirror, facing him with her back to the mirror. He he says to her, and he says to the class, the only person she needs to see and examine is her. And he turns her around, facing that mirror. This is what I see. This is who I am. This is not what I want to be. For this reason, many are weak and sick. Verse 31. But if... For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord and that we may not be condemned with the world. To chasten, in fact, in Hebrew says, hey, it's not fun. It's not fun to be chastened. It's not fun to be rebuked. That's the reason why in a lot of churches, we can come up to somebody and say, you know, that's not good. And we don't see them ever again. Why? We offended them. As a pastor, I come and I'm counseling and somebody says, why are you in my face? Why are you in my business? I says, because it is my business. We don't like that. I don't like that. 
But to be chastened doesn't feel good, but it's the right thing. The Lord chastens who he loves. And parents, if you not discipline your kids, if you not chasten them, you do not love them. Now, you don't have to beat them. Don't beat them. You may spank, but I'll tell you this. It better be not out of anger, and it should be only one swat. I tell you what, when my kids, we had a little this wooden spoon when they were little. And when they did something terrible, or what we thought was terrible, they knew it was wrong. We said, it's time to get the spoon. No, 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 no. And mommy, if we're going to have the spoon, mommy do it. You know what? After they were four years old, we never spanked them again. They knew. If they did something wrong, they knew. Why? Because of dad's stare. They knew. He chastens those he loves that we may not be condemned with the world. Remember, this is a family event. This is a body event. And we come together proclaiming the Lord's death Till he comes, proclaiming what he did, the bread, his body, and he suffered, the cup, the blood, because that's the new covenant because, between us and God, because if there is no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. His shedding of blood gave us, what do we call that again? You got to transfer blood because you're low on blood, the transfusion. Because of his blood, we are given life. And God does not want to exclude you. We are Harambe. Diversity united. We do not want to exclude anybody. God doesn't want to exclude you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and after evaluating and examining yourself, come. If you have something against someone in this body, go and make it right. Then come. Come in your as a family, in your, in your nuclear family, come in your small group family, come as we are a church family. Come. We invite you to come. We invite you to come because you respect and love Christ and you respect and love the body. You come because you understand in remembrance of what he's done what he is doing, and what he will do. You come together because we love one another and we discern, we examine.
this is the Lord's table. And when the Lord says to you, after you've gone before him, come. Come. Father, as we uh, prepare now, may we do so. in love and respect for you and for your body. May we come because we remember and we continue to remember every time we take what you've done for us, what you are doing for us, and what you will do for us. We come together because we want to see what's the best for this church, best for each other, and we need to examine ourselves. That we would come in a manner worthy. That we might not be judged, not be chastened. But Lord, you've called us and you love us. And even as Matt read, the Romans 8 passage. What can separate us? Nothing can separate us. But we understand that does not give us license to do whatever we want. So Lord, may we honor you. May you be exalted. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.